Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. welcome you if this is your first time or if you're a regular listener to the nothing but net channel here on dash radio nothing but net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport basketball the howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners rhyme sayers entertainment the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide studio 23 where passion reigns supreme isabel street heat adding a bit of spice into your everyday life all audio equipment on the Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones. Studio quality with easy accessibility since 1973. Again, this week with another pack Prospects. This time we are taking a look at, well, one of my favorite players in this draft, and that is LaMelo Ball. Yes, one of the Ball brothers. This would be the third Ball brother to come out Um he obviously did not go to college. He ended up going over to play in Australia. Put up some pretty good numbers. Was a, a pretty decent player over there. Unfortunately, his season was cut short by injury. So that, unfortunately, is a part of the equation. Now, the good news or bad news, depending on how you look at it, is uh, if you're a team or that really already at this point is, is big on LaMelo Ball, which I have heard some reports that the Wolves do like what they uh, – have seen from LaMelo Ball, so that if you're one of those teams 
there's nothing else that you're going to be able to do. Uh, reports now are that a lot of teams are thinking we're just going to have to do our due diligence based on the information we already have and the games and the highlights and uh, the video footage that we already have because there's a good chance that there's not going to be no combine. And uh, who knows what's, what's going to end up happening, obviously, with the NBA season. But lots of question marks there. Now, as someone that has been following LaMelo Ball's career uh, ever since high school, I'm just I'm a big fan of what he does on the court. Now, keep in mind when you're when you're watching a lot of what's out there as far as video on LaMelo Ball, it's a lot of highlights. Well, keep in mind, highlights just do not tell the whole story. Uh, you know, there's a number of things uh, you have to keep in mind when you're talking about LaMelo Ball. Now, one thing I will say about him is he doesn't lack confidence. One thing I really like about him, actually, is he's willing to just uh, keep shooting. He's willing to take over the game. Now, if you're talking about uh, the unfortunate part there is that, uh, you know, one of the things that you see definitely falter as a result, he, you know, he's not a great shooter. His form's a little a little goofy. It's fairly repeatable for him. It's very similar to what we've seen with uh, the other Ball brothers. Now, Lonzo, to his, you know, to his credit, has actually, I think, very much improved his jump shot, as was uh, very evident when the Wolves played the Pelicans, and he was just absolutely on fire from deep. So, uh, you know, there's there's certain things to keep in mind. Uh, one thing uh, I saw recently, uh, Seth Greenberg, who is uh, part of ESPN, uh, one thing he pointed out is his creativity is at another level, and I would I would 100% agree agree with that. You know, when he plays on the court, the things he's able to do, his vision, a very good ball handler, he's able to get to the hoop, and with his size, I think that's what's most impressive, and why you know at his size, so he's six. My understanding is six seven. Now, without the combine, you know, you're not going to necessarily um, get the specifics, but that's my understanding. Uh, but let's go over here. This is the exact thing that uh, Greenberg said uh, when it, when asked about his thoughts on ball. Lamelo is a freak with his size, vision, and speed, but he doesn't shoot it well. Again, that's what we were just talking about. And his decision-making is not great in terms of shot selection. That goes back to the, you know, he just isn't afraid to take the big shots. But unfortunately, that's part of the reason why some of his stats, shooting-wise, don't jump off the page. He's just not a great shooter. But he says his creativity is at another level. But I think LaMelo in New York would either be feast or famine. I'd only draft LaMelo in New York if there was a promise LeVar wouldn't come with me. Or wouldn't come with him. If you have a new Nick front office, do you want to deal with that? The second guessing from a guy who doesn't know what he doesn't know, he's a disaster. I think that's fair. The thing to keep in mind is when you draft any of the Ball brothers, you do get the Ball family. You get LeVar Ball. And obviously there's some concerns there. Well, one of his uh, most recent uh, uh, interesting uh, comments was he was talking up his uh, his middle son, which uh, Leangelo Ball. And I, gosh, it was something just absolutely absurd. Keep in mind, when he made this comment, Leangelo wasn't even a part of the league, let alone the G League. Now, I believe he recently was uh, made a part of the G League. Now, the G League obviously isn't happening currently, but I guess to his defense, uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, w- at least at a professional level now. I don't know. It's, he, was, he was probably, when he was in college, and then obviously there was the issues with, uh, you know, he went out of the country, he stole something, he got, you know, he was done with UCLA, and then they went over and played uh, professionally in, I believe it was Lithuania. And so, if you uh, watched him, I mean, he he was a pretty good shooter. He was, to his credit, he was a pretty good shooter. But uh, it just you know there were a lot of lot a lot of holes in that guy's game. And there's a reason why he didn't get drafted. There's a reason why he didn't make the league. He didn't make the G League, and so uh, you know he's there now. And maybe something changes for him. But I think 
from the beginning, I I 100% always felt that LaMelo was the most talented of the Ball brothers. Now, I've since uh, changed my stance a lot on Lonzo. When Lonzo was coming out, I just was not a big fan of his out of UCLA. And then, you know, I watched him in that first year, and I just something clicked, and I said, I, I really like this guy's game, and there's something about him. Now, LaMelo, I've, like I said, I've been watching him for a long time, whether it's um, pickup games, whether it's um, actually playing over in Australia, whether it's when he played in Lithuania, high school. You know, I've, I've really kind of followed his career pretty closely. There's, there's things on the court he does at such an elite level. And again, you add in that size, and to me it's just, it's just incredibly impressive what he's able to do. And because of that size, that to me is why he would still be a guy that we would want to consider if we're the Timberwolves. And of course, you know, the, the, big, ish, the big issue for us would be we don't necessarily need another point guard. He is a player that, uh, no pun intended, he is ball dominant. He's someone that needs the ball in his hands. And again, he's not a great shooter. So that does limit him. And let's let's be honest. There's more than it's not just that. Uh, the other issue that we have with Lamelo Ball is he's not a great defender. I mean, he honestly just isn't. Now, uh, going over the statistics uh, through 12 NBL games, uh, he averaged 17 points, 7.4 rebounds, 6.8 assists, and he shot uh, 38% from the field. Not from three, from the field. I mean, that should tell you a lot of what you uh, need to know right there. It's just, I mean, not good. Not good statistics. Now, uh, taking a look, there's a number of, for anyone that doesn't know this, there's a number of places you can get his international statistics or any other player's international statistics. So you could just do a search on Google, and if you type in his name with stats, one of the things that will come up is basketball reference, and it'll give you his international stats. So, you know, we talked about he played 12 games. Uh, we talked about his shooting percentage. Now, from three, 25%. Not great. He was making uh, just under two uh, three-pointers a game, and uh, taking about seven per game. You know, so we actually, we talked about uh, in a pr- in a previous uh, pack prospects, the one where we looked at Anthony Edwards, kind of a similar uh, shooting percentage, not as good. Edwards was a little better. He's at like around 28 or 29%, so still not good. But right around the same thing where a decent amount of attempts, but not a lot of makes, unfortunately. And the big difference t- between those two prospects, again, uh, we talk about how, He's not a great shooter, ball that is. Only 72% from the free throw line. Now, granted, I, I mean, it could be worse, right? We could be looking at Jared Culver shooting 30 or 40% like he does in the pros. So 72% could be a lot worse. Um, you know, for how aggressive he is, he only gets to the line on average about four times a game. So um, I found that kind of interesting. But what I like about his game, it's very similar to Lonzo. When I watch those guys play, I feel like on any given night, you could get a triple-double from them because they they really pack the stat sheet. We're talking almost eight rebounds and almost seven assists a game to go along with double-digit points. I mean, that's big. Uh, on top of that, by the way, 1.6 steals. Now, again, I, no one is saying that he's a good defender because, honestly, he, he isn't. He's not a good defender. But uh, just keep that in mind that uh, at least he's, uh, you know, he's, he's got some active hands. That could be part of it. But here's the caveat. If, for anyone that watches Timberwolves basketball pretty regularly— one guy that would sometimes uh, find a way to get steals uh, would be uh, Kevin Martin. Do you remember when he was here? And he was honestly one of the worst defenders we've ever had in this team. So getting steals just honestly is very overrated. Now, if you're looking at the college game, they talk about how college to pros, steals is, uh, is something that can translate well. And, and a lot of it has to do with active hands. But 
for me, if I'm looking at steals as a st- as an important statistic, basically what it would be is to uh, differentiate between the good defenders. If I have two guys that are both really good defenders, one of them averages two steals, one averages one. I mean, then it, to me, it's a little bit more of an important statistic, but it just doesn't tell you much about an individual. When you take that statistic on its own, you don't learn a whole lot about a player on the defensive end. Same with blocks. We talk about, you know, Carl Towns has done a pretty good job of getting blocks, but no one would say he's a good defender. Has he had stretches where he was a good defender? Sure. Yeah, definitely. But overall, you, you don't sit there and say, wow, th- this guy's got blocks. Or this guy's got steals. He's a good defender. It just doesn't translate that way. So there are definite question marks uh, as far as LaMelo Ball is concerned. Nothing's written in stone, but just given, given something about him, I feel like he has that it factor that a lot of players just don't have. You can't, you can't teach that. You can't tell a guy, here's the deal. I want you to, ha- I want you to just figure out a way to get it done. I want you to, you know, any of that stuff. And so I think that's, um, I think that's very important and one thing to keep in mind. Now, uh, just to kind of go over some of uh, the other things we talked about, um, there's a lot of articles out there you can read when it comes to uh, scouting reports. You know, if you don't want to necessarily take the time to watch a lot of film, there are a lot of people out there that have done that for you. And, and so that's, I think that's something to watch for. And, and there were a number of articles. Um, a, a good example, uh, there's a the pick and roll, and this is um, all about Aussie hoops. Now, this is pre- prior to the season starting over there. This was in uh, November. But just a good example, uh, this specifically talks about why LaMelo Ball's defense remains a work in progress. So before the season started, we already knew it was a weakness, and, and we can still say, I would say at least, uh, it's definitely still a weakness of his. And so... That's something that we're going to have to watch for, obviously, going forward. But I do trust. Now, call me crazy because, obviously, the Timberwolves are a very bad defensive team right now. But I've seen what David Venterpool can do. And I think, hopefully, we eventually get where the players are able to practice again. Obviously, that's maybe not coming anytime soon just due to the pandemic. But you'd like to see that change at some point when, you know, when things are um, obviously a little further along in terms of the quarantine process, maybe players can start getting in and practicing. Because I think with time, David Venterpool can make some of these guys into pretty good defenders. We look at the Portland Trailblazers as what he was able to do with the likes of Damian Lillard and, and you know, C.J. McCollum. So there's a lot to like about what he's shown uh, in the past. And so I trust that given this coaching staff, how hard they work, and how hard we have a lot of hardworking players I do think a lot of these guys are going to be able to right the ship on the defensive end. And let's say we do draft LaMelo Ball. I do think he's a player that we could definitely uh, get there. And again, I think his size is going to be huge. A 6'7 point guard. I mean, that's massive. And if he can play multiple positions. The other thing, too, though, if you watch his game, he's not big. He's not a real strong guy. So he's definitely going to have to get into the gym. And those are all things that you can work on over time. Ultimately, if the Wolves go with LaMelo Ball, I really, really like it. Now we'll see how the simulation treats us uh, this week in our uh, pack prospects as we're going through the, the career of LaMelo Ball if he was to be with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I'll set this up for you. We're in the uh, So normally what we do is we simulate through and then we get to the 2023, the start of the 2023 season. So we do the offseason uh, and everything off air, and then we come back at you at the start. The difference being... In the 2023 championship, so uh, in the 22-23 season, the Wolves not only win the championship, but this is not a joke. The finals MVP 
was LaMelo Ball. I mean, seriously let that sink in. We talk about how impressive it's been that Denny of Dia makes every single finals. I mean, come on. We're, we're no joke. We're talking about a kid that is, I guess at this stage, um, what is he, 21 years of age in this simulation? Yeah, so he's 21. He was, no joke, the finals MVP. Let that sink in. You're talking about a team with Carl Towns, D'Angelo Russell. This is an incredibly talented team. And you, you sit there and you let that sink in that LaMelo Ball was your finals MVP. I mean, right, right there, I think it, that almost, just to start off the career anyways, this catapults him. This might put him second so far as, in terms of who we've done already. And, and I, to me, the sky's the limit. I think that just shows you just how good, how good LaMelo Ball could end up being. That in his, I guess this would have been his like third season, he's finals MVP. I mean, to me, that's absolutely crazy. All right, so we're getting a start here. We are at the uh, – we're going to go through the offseason, I think, just because let's talk about the position the Wolves are in, whether it comes to the draft, free agency, things like that. What are we going to do to put players around uh, what ends up being a championship core at this point? And I think this is the – I think this is the earliest we won a championship, but I could be wrong there. But, again, keep in mind, Denny of Dia has literally made the finals every year. So it's going to be tough to top that. But winning finals MVP definitely puts you in that conversation. We are at the uh, draft lottery right now, and we'll see. So right now we're supposed to be in the top 10 uh, as far as our pick. Hopefully we can move up a little bit. Um, now, it's not our pick, obviously. We did make a trade to get this uh, top 10 pick because at this stage the Wolves just won the championship. Obviously we don't have a top 10 pick, but we were able to acquire one. We've got a lot of talent. Uh, part of the thing that the Wolves have done in this simulation, we've done a good job of acquiring talent. And a lot of that's Gerson Rosas, whether that's Jordan McLaughlin, whether that's Juancho Hernan Gomez, Malik Beasley. We have a lot of guys in this team that you know have been able to contribute, and that's very cool to see. So far, as we hit pick number 10, nobody has moved up yet, which is good for us. So uh, hopefully that holds, holds true. Uh, we are at number 9. The Hornets are up, and the Hornets do not move up either. So we're very close to uh, coming up to our pick. Are we? Yeah, here we are. Eight. Do we move into the top three? Let's take a look here, and we do not. We're stuck at eight, which is fine. I mean, we've got a talented team. Whoever we end up bringing in isn't exactly going to be getting a lot of minutes if they get any minutes at all. We have been fairly fortunate so far as far as injuries are concerned. In some of the other, uh, you know, in the Anthony Edwards simulation, we definitely had some injury concerns. So that's one thing that has not hit us yet. So uh, we've been we've been pretty fortunate there. Uh, going through the, uh, or jumping through, I should say, all the access stuff that, that isn't really important to go through necessarily as far as the staff, scouting, things like that. We'll jump through that, and then we'll come back at the start of the, probably the start of the season, but maybe we'll do a little bit from the draft and free agency. You're listening to The Howl, and this is Dash Radio's Nothing in a Channel, your source for all things basketball. All right, so the, the offseason went as good as an offseason probably could. We'll go over the roster quickly. We have point guards D'Angelo Russell, of course. We have LaMelo Ball. We have Dale Roy. And Andre Chambers is our two-way player. Malik Beasley, Derek Whitehead, and MJ Rice are our shooting guards. We have Josh Akogi, Jabri Abdul-Rahim, Mitch Johnson, and our two-way prospect Murray Harvey for small forwards. And then power forwards, we have Rui Hashimura, Isaac Okoru, and Nate Biddle, uh, someone we use in almost all these simulations if we can get him, just because, again, we're trying to be as consistent as possible. 
Centers, we have Carl Towns, we have Nas Reed, but actually, Nas Reed has been surpassed by someone else, um, a foreign player, actually, Balsa Kopravica. So, uh, no offense to Nas, but just in this simulation, it has not panned out for him so far. So, we went a different direction. We still have Nas. We like his position flexibility. We like that he's a great shooter, but uh, overall, it just doesn't pay for us to keep putting uh, time into him if we have someone that's actually already better at a younger age. So, things to keep in mind there. Let's jump in to the season. Uh, let's see what we can do here. Now, I like this team a lot, but we've had other simulations where I've been all in on a roster and it just has not panned out. So we'll see just how good this team can start off. Again, and we've touched on this before, the best winning streak or best start to a season was 12-0 in one of the seasons by Denny Abdia. And the best finish to a season overall uh, was twice by Denny Abdia, which was 70-12. and uh, so very impressive there. We already got an interesting trade offer. We're not going to take it, but uh, Lowry Markkinen and another and a pick for D'Angelo Russell. But point guard is just too important, and we got to keep that uh, going strong. Although fortunately, we started off with a nice five and zero record, but then we've uh, lost a number of games in a row here. Let's just take a look and see if anyone is hurt. Nope, we're good. So just a tough stretch of games, I guess. Which ultimately you'd take that over obviously having anyone injured. All right, we'll keep it going here back on the winning ways we are in the beginning of november so uh, nothing too crucial so far uh, one thing i want to touch on here while we're doing the actual simulation portion is we try to uh, kind of go over um, nba talkers or nba news notes that sort of thing uh, during this segment um, though there's not as much going on obviously as there normally would be one thing i want to touch on though is on the watch pod recently um, he just had on a, a, a doctor and an expert in this field, obviously. And he talked about how it's possible that maybe the NBA season in the end does end up getting canceled. Well, here's my issue. Not with that, but somebody, and again, I try not to call people out if I can help it when we're, we're doing this show, but uh, there was a, an article done, uh, actually had to do with uh, USA Today. And this is the the mark, or I, this is the message they said. They go, Former head of healthcare Andy Slavitt says NBA may not return at all this season. And to me, that's clickbait at its finest if you actually go into the article. Here's what he actually says. And this was on the Waj pod. So Slavitt said, I think, they, let's see, he was asked. So he talked about reports are doing a disservice by giving hope to fans. Uh, he was Someone asked him that. Uh, Waj did, I should say. And so he said, I think so. Look, there's going to be a lot of political and social pressure to get the NBA to start up as soon as possible. And you know what? A little normalcy would do us all some good. So I myself would love to see that happen. But I will tell you that if that happens, it won't be because it's in our best, best health care interests. It won't be because it's in the best interest of our families and country from a health standpoint. It will happen because it's in the best interest of our country because we're going a little nuts here. I will say... I will say the other thing is if we do a much, much better job of socially isolating, then we may have a shot. With the current rate of people who I think are a little bit dubious, or if they aren't dubious, they're not quite 100% all the way doing the things they need to, to hashtag stay home and socially isolate, then I think you've got a real challenge. So what he all he said was that you know it's possible the season could be canceled if people don't take this seriously. If they do, maybe there's still a chance. We already knew all of that. That's not new information. And so USA Today, and I'm not, again, I'm not going to call this writer out, but don't do that. Don't try to uh, you know paint things bleaker than they already are during a time where 
we already have uh, so much negativity going on. One of the reasons why here at Nothing But Net and here at The Howl specifically, we are putting out constant new content is because you're sitting at home. You're not able to work. Maybe some of you are. I have some friends that are teachers that still have to do some work from home or do some work in their actual schools. And, you know, this is a time where people need outlets and there's not a lot of things to do in terms of sports. That's 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 one thing to really keep in mind as we are taking a, a you know a look at uh, the sports world. We there's got to be some sort of an outlet, and so in that regard, I think we want to continue to provide that. But but this kind of uh, ne- this kind of uh, you know bad reporting to me, because this doesn't even. I mean, come on, we don't need clickbait right now. I don't know anyone out there that's saying to themselves, "Man, I wish there was more clickbait right now," since we don't have a lot going on. By the way, this is crazy. I would love, I would love, love, love to take this trade, but we can't do it, unfortunately. We were offered this trade, so that center prospect we talked about, and then Mitch Johnson, we were offered in exchange Denny of Dia, and then a center prospect. I would 100% love to do this trade, but we just can't do it. We already know how good Denny of Dia is. We just can't uh, muddy the waters like that and taint what we're trying to do here. So, unfortunately, have to pass it up. We are midway through December. Uh, the team is sitting at 22-6, and six, so incredibly impressive. Obviously, lots to like there. Uh, you know, Back to what we were talking about as far as there being a, I guess, a gap where sports used to be. You know, People are looking for ways to fill that. And I want to give credit to the Timberwolves. Now, at the time I'm filming this, it hasn't happened yet, but... Um, one thing I want to mention, and I actually got an email, which is really cool, I think, of not only the Timberwolves, but um, Fox Sports North. Uh, so the email actually is a Timberwolves and FSN announce updated broadcast schedule. And they talk about with the NBA on indefinite hiatus, the Minnesota Timberwolves in partnership with FSN has announced it will renew its slated broadcast schedule Sunday, March 22nd at 7 p.m. During the broadcast, fans can relive one of the most exciting and promising games of the current season. The Timberwolves' first game post-trade on February 8th, when uh, guard Malik Beasley made seven threes and finished with 23 points in a win over the Clippers. That's a game I was at, and it was absolutely fantastic. The other portion of this that's really cool, during the game, Timberwolves president of basketball operations, Gerson Rosas, uh, by the way, he is at Gerson Rosas. Uh, he will be live tweeting during the broadcast, providing color commentary and answering questions. I mean, how cool is that? Uh, kudos to the Timberwolves organization. They already do a fantastic job on social media. And here, during a time when we really need some sort of a sports outlet, we get just that from them. One of the best Timberwolves games we've had in recent history. And this is going to be really cool to be able to watch it again and actually uh, maybe ask some questions of Gerson if you want to. And obviously, he'll be talking about the game and the players and such. So very, very cool. I'm excited for that. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to do my best to make sure to tune into that. Uh, so very impressive. Here we are back. Uh, take a look at the simulation, and the Wolves continue just to dominate, absolutely dominate. We're actually uh, so we're we're about to hit February. We're very close to the trade deadline, and we're also very close to 40 wins. Let's take a look quick at the injury report to see if anyone's on that list. And uh, Malik Beasley actually, wow, a hyperextended left knee. He's probably missed some time, but uh, right now he's day to day, which is pretty good. So we don't have to worry about that. Taking a look at the league standings, we are the number one team in the West at 36-10. and 10, And in the East, no one else is close either. So we are the best team in the NBA currently. That is how I felt about the team. But again, you, there's just no guarantees when you're doing these sims. Guys get hurt. It's I mean, it's very. It's just like the real world and the actual NBA. 
So many things can happen to change your season, and we've been very fortunate to be, for the most part, fairly healthy, but also we've built in some really good depth. I like to think of these simulations very similar to when you watch the New England Patriots. That's a team that understands how to do it. When you guys are getting older, you always have to make sure you have guys in the fold uh, ready to go, and we have done just that. Uh, so actually, they've announced the All-Star captains, and uh, let's take a look and see uh, who the actual selections were uh, for both teams. Let's see if anyone made it from us. So uh, it's Team Steph Curry on one side and Team Giannis on the other. We have no starters, unfortunately, for either of the teams. And looking at, uh, we do have uh, one, two, we have two reserves. So Malik Beasley made it, as well as Carl Anthony Towns. I think it's pretty crazy to me that we have no starters, even though we're like by far the best team in the league. And I mean, it's really not even close. So uh, pretty crazy to me. Uh, apparently the fans did not do a very good job of taking care of making sure that the, the right players get voted in. Wow. And uh, actually uh, an update now on our season, which could we could be in a little bit of uh, dire straits as our starting power forward, Rui Hashimura, tore his left ACL. He's going to miss the entirety of the season. So let that sink in. Um, let's take a look here at our roster. Do, did we build in, do we build up enough sort of uh, wiggle room here if we were to lose players? Now, we're absolutely stacked at the point guard position. Let this sink in. We have four point guards that are over 80 overall. By the way, we have a rookie, and he is now an 83 overall. He was a two-way player. Actually, still is a two-way player, and that's how good this guy is. Uh, he's jumped up that high. That's absolutely crazy. And what that does, actually, is now we can trade... Uh, one of our other players if we want to. I mean, we have some options here. This guy's absolutely, like, off the charts good. I. This is crazy to me. I, I'm, I'm shocked at how good this guy got. Uh, let's take a look at uh, the specific position we were talking about, which is power forward. So we do have Nathan Biddle, which is good, and we do have Isaac Okoro, who is actually an 83 overall, a, a player we will be doing uh, an actual look at uh, down the road in our pack prospects, one of my favorite players out of this draft for the Timberwolves. So uh, we have him, so we're pretty solid as far as depth is concerned. Uh, my only my only concern is how are we going to hold on to this this amazing point guard we have here? Uh, the issue, of course, you run into, though, with uh, having a really good point guard waiting in the wings, you already have LaMelo Ball. You already have D'Angelo Russell, although I will add, D'Angelo Russell has not been very good. Uh, he has really struggled in this simulation. Some of the simulations, he jumps up pretty good. In this one, he has not. He has definitely taken a step back. He's actually gotten worse since we've continued the simulation. He's now only an 86 overall. Despite being an A-plus potential, he just has not come to fruition. Now, A-plus playmaker, he's getting the job done there. Uh, but uh, pretty much across the board, he is a worse player than LaMelo Ball. Now, LaMelo Ball is not a good defender, and that's not going to change. In the game, still not a great defender. But either is D'Angelo Russell. So if you, top to bottom, I mean, it's, it's tough to really sit here and say to myself, I'm willing to pay D'Angelo Russell this kind of money when, I mean, you know, we're, we're one of the best teams in the league, which is great, but, man, he's making three years, $112 million. He's sitting on the pine. I think we got to find a way to move on from him and hopefully uh, you know, bring a larger-term contract uh, to one of these other players. So we'll actually take a quick break and see what we can do to really uh, hone this player in, and we will go from there. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and we are the Howl. All right, so we were able to make a number of moves, and uh, let's take a look at the roster now. And we were able to uh, – I'm very impressed with uh, some of the things we were able to do here. So we have LaMelo Ball. 
that Andre Chambers has now been made our backup point guard, and he's been signed long-term, which is really cool. You have uh, shooting guards still Malik Beasley, Dariq Whitehead, and MJ Rice. Small forwards, we have Josh Okogie. We have Jabri Abdurrahim, and then we have Murray Harvey as well as Mitch Johnson. Although Mitch Johnson, by the way, is aggressive, apparently. <laughs> he's very angry because the computer made the decision to, to send him down to the G League, which has very much pissed him off. Uh, which I don't blame necessarily given that he is under a two-way contract and he was a 75-plus, but, I mean, come on, man. You're 20 years of age. We can do what we want with you at this point. Uh, but we were able to also trade for Pascal Siakam. So uh, just on a one-year deal, so we're only going to get him through the end of the season. But that's a, a, a nice uh, – when you're losing Rui Hashimura, to be able to get Siakam, and that was basically what we traded D'Angelo Russell for, uh, was Russell in a first for one – so half a season uh, of Siakam is pretty impressive. And then, of course, uh, Towns – uh, Kaprivica and Nas Reed. So, I mean, we're set. I mean, we somehow actually got better through all of this. If we look at contract extensions, uh, Carl Towns will re-sign, so obviously we're going to re-sign him. And uh, we're going to kind of go from there. I don't think anyone else is... Yeah, Malik Beasley says he's going to test free agency. That happens pretty much every single time we do these. He's not as all-in as I'd like him to be. In real life, luckily, Malik Beasley is all-in on the Timberwolves, so it's not something you necessarily have to worry about. So... Boom, we're just about to pass the trade deadline, but we're not going to make any more moves because we just did. We just made a ton of moves. We really set us up for the long haul here. We actually have an interesting trade. Uh, we actually got offered Lonzo Ball for Josh Okogie. We're going to decline because Josh is so good on defense, and, and you really, you're you pretty set at that point guard position, but I find it pretty intriguing, to say the least, if you could have gotten uh, both of the Ball brothers on the same team. And we actually were offered other trades, including him, we just ended up passing because I just thought it got a little too gimmicky. And it's not I don't think it's real realistic. Again, these are just simulations. You, there's no way to know whether it's something's realistic or not. Um, but you try to be at least uh, level-headed when we're going through these simulations. Uh, we have a few losses in a row here. Let's take a look and see if we lost someone else. Hopefully, Wow, we lost a ton of players. So uh, Rui's out for the season, obviously. Leanne, uh, sorry, LaMelo Ball broke his finger. He's out two to four weeks. And Pascal Siakam is out two to four weeks with a broken right toe. So that, uh, yeah, that, that little stretch there uh, right around the All-Star break went about as bad as it possibly could uh, for us, uh, trading aside. But we're going to get these guys back, and hopefully that means they're going to have a lot of stamina and they're going to be well-rested because they have not played. So I guess you're not going to have low-energy guys, which is good. Um, let's see what uh, else we can uh, bring to the table here. So uh, after we get back from the All-Star break, we start off with uh, three straight wins, so we're obviously riding the ship a little bit, which is good to see. Uh, what else do we work with? Uh, loss to the Knicks, though. That hurts just because, as everyone's aware, the Knicks are not good. Even in 2024, I don't think they're great. Obviously, they're they're going to be better, you'd hope at least, uh, in 2024 than they have been in recent seasons. Uh, still a tough loss, though, but that's the only loss we have so far since the All-Star break. We are sitting at 44 wins. I mean, let that sink in. We're well on our way to 50 wins. We're maybe on our way to 60 wins if we can keep this up. And another, hopefully, uh, Coach of the Year award for Ryan Saunders, who who has tons of them at this point when we've been doing these simulations because he, I mean, he gets the job done. David Venterpool, by the way, has been a big part of that and his uh, defensive acumen. So very cool there. And, of course, uh, Gerson Rosas being the uh, – ends up being the assistant GM just because uh, the way the game works is you are the control of everything with the game, and so you are the actual uh, full-on GM technically. Uh, just hit 51 wins. We're keeping it going. Uh, we are at March 22nd uh, as we continue uh, our pretty torrid pace so far throughout the league. 
I would say we're definitely going to finish the season as the number one overall seed, uh, the best team in the NBA, at least record-wise, but I would say skill-wise as well. This is a very deep roster that we've built. Uh, just got a close loss to the Mavericks, uh, but that's, you know, a couple losses in the last two weeks is nothing to really get that upset about as you're still on a nice pace to hit 60 wins. Hopefully we can finish off uh, some of these other teams and uh, – you know, get a little momentum. One issue we had when we did the Anthony Edwards sim is a lot of times we would lose games at the end of the season, and you know that's a that's a tough pill to swallow when you go into the off season on a losing streak of sorts. Uh, definitely not what you're hoping to accomplish. I think uh, that really sends the wrong message. And of course, uh, as far as chemistry and just in terms of uh, having momentum going into the playoffs, uh, there's a lot better ways than losing two games. Uh, the last two games of the season here. Let's see how we do with Lamelo. We, lose, or we win uh, both games, actually. We finish off with a solid 62-20 and 20 as our record. John Morant is your MVP. Wow, very impressive there. Your rookie of the year is Amoni Bates. Not surprising. You have sixth man of the year, Lonzo Ball. And then, uh, most, let's see, defensive player of the year is Anthony Davis. And our guy, LaMelo Ball, is your most improved player. 15 points, 4.7 rebounds, 10.5 assists, 1.3 steals, uh, shooting 43% from three. 86.6% from the free throw line and about 48% um, overall. Very impressive there. Let's take a look at your all-NBA teams. Uh, first, second. Wow. So we're far and away the best team, and we have nobody that makes the first, second, or third team all-NBA. How about all-defensive? Nope. I thought maybe we'd get a Josh Akogi setting, but unfortunately we do not. So we, 62 and 20, of course, like I said, is the number one record here. Let's take a look. We're taking on the Denver Nuggets in round number one. Game one goes to us. Maybe we, maybe we get a sweep. Uh, it's tough to do that, though. We lose game two, so we're already uh, uh, losing games, unfortunately. But 2-2, uh, they, they fight right back. It is 3-2. We are up. And we 3-3, three, three, and oh, wow. We almost lose in the first round to the eighth seed. That's, I mean, that's definitely not what you're looking to do. Isaac Okoro, by the way, uh, was the big player in this one. Looking at uh, LaMelo Ball, 14 times. Uh, we'll definitely take that as we move on to the second round, taking on the fourth seed Kings. Uh, game one goes to the Kings. Game two to the Kings. Uh, this is very interesting. Looks like we're going to probably lose in round number two. And we, yep, we do. We end up losing in seven games. As the team just uh, craps the bed, unfortunately. Wow. I, I Every single player except for Pascal Siakam that played in this game was in double figures for us. I, I'm shocked that we end up losing that game. Uh, looking at the injury report and no one else is hurt. We're still just missing Rui Hashimura. So uh, really disappointing. By far the best team in the league. I mean, not even close. In fact, it looks like the team we lost to, the Kings, probably... Well, they make it to the championship, and do they end up winning it? 2-2, uh, 3-2. Two to two, three to two. And by the way, I was ripping on the Knicks. Guess who just won the championship? The Knicks. R.J. Barrett is your MVP of the finals. Uh, really disappointing, actually, there. I, I expected better. I, I really expected better. Uh, the team you know, performed pretty well, but when push came to shove, they could not get the job done. And if you're not going to win in the playoffs, I mean, that's a big knock. We talked about how LaMelo came into this season just winning finals MVP, but... Man, you stack the team. I mean, you have a better team than you had the year we win it, and it just isn't meant to be, apparently. So that's definitely uh, one strike against LaMelo, I, I would say for sure. Um, we jump into the offseason, of course. 
And we've we've made a number of trades, so it's possible we have a lottery pick, but it looks like we do not. So it looks like any of the picks that we would have acquired. Oh, so all the picks that we acquired actually would have been future future picks. So we only have our pick, which is the 29th. So this offseason is probably not going to be uh, too fruitful, too exciting. So we'll jump ahead to the start of the 2024-2025 uh, season, and we will go from there. We are at the start of the 2024 season, and uh, let's take a look at the roster. We still have Lamelo Ball, who we re-signed. We have Andre Chambers, Rex Baxter. Taking a look at uh, who else? We have Derek Whitehead at shooting guard, MJ Rice, and JP Barber as our two-way player. Small forwards, we have Josh Akogi, Jabri Abdur-Rahim, and Mitch Johnson. Power forwards, Davis Bertans. We have Nate Little. And then we do have Rui Hashimura still, but he is still uh, hurt. And actually, he's going to be out another six to eight months. Uh, so a uh, good thing we brought in Bertans, and we still have Nate Biddle, at least uh, to give us some sort of uh, you know wiggle room because it looks like Bertans, or sorry, Hashimura is going to miss most, if not all, the season. Uh, centers, we have Towns. We have Balsa Kaprivica. Tough name to say. And then uh, Andre Doherty, as well as uh, Nathan Simpson, who is our two-way prospect. So pretty solid squad. One thing we haven't done yet in this one, we do this sometimes, but we take a look at the power rankings. I just think it kind of gives you an idea of where. Uh, so we're 14th on NBA.com. 2K Sports usually are pretty tough on us. Uh, they are 26th. And Eric Banish has us uh, pretty high up. He has us as 14th. So not too shabby there. And let's jump into the season. Uh, I'm very interested to see how this group works out. we got a lot of good players at a bunch of positions. We're a little weak at the power forward position. Uh, and when I say a little weak, I just mean it's the one position we don't have anyone uh, super elite, uh, just given that Rui got hurt. And, of course, you can't trade players that are hurt, so there's not any way to uh, you know gain anything as far as trying to move from him onto somebody else. So that's the unfortunate part. We are kind of stuck and we don't have any cap space, obviously, because he's making a boatload of money. We just paid LaMelo Ball a ton of money. Obviously, Towns is pretty front-loaded there. So uh, you're you're pretty uh, hamstrung at this point. And we did have to move on from Nas Reed uh, to make all the financials work. So that's part of the reason why we're a little, a little lessened at that position as well, because Nas Reed could play the four or the five in the game. In real life, uh, one thing to keep in mind is the Timberwolves are pretty set on the fact that they're not going to play Nas at the four. They don't want to play two centers ever. And so that's one of the reasons why coming into this uh, draft class, there's a number of players that probably don't make a lot of sense for the Wolves. Uh, one such player would be James Wiseman. We're still going to do those players. We'll still uh, do a simulation with him on the Wolves just to see kind of how it works out. But it's not going to be one of those things where it makes a lot of sense. Uh, just given Rosas has been very clear uh, the direction that he actually wants to go with the squad. We did have a recent losing streak. And let's take a look and see if anyone else is hurt. And looks like a couple. Oh, nope. So it's Josh Okogi has a broken nose. Uh, and then Rui Hashimura is out as well still. Overall, though, we're sitting at a respectable 11-6. and six. So, I mean, it's not like we're sitting here uh, playing bad basketball. But anytime there's any sort of a, a lull in the, the way we're playing, I always feel like it's good to at least get a, get a feel for how the players are are doing in terms of injuries. Just because I think that kind of um, tells a story about a player uh, as well as uh, how the team does or doesn't do. So those are all pretty important uh, factors, I think, when you're going through uh, uh, how this is supposed to work. So we'll, I guess we'll see. Um, 
So far, so good, though. We just got offered a trade for one of our rookies. Uh, we're not going to take that, unfortunately, for, for that team. But I, I think we've got some pretty good options here. Uh, 13 and 8. Uh, after that little losing streak we went on, we're playing a little bit better basketball, which is good. We are at 99% uh, chemistry, so uh, very, very solid there. Although, again, we've really turned off the effects that would normally have just because uh, the formula they use to uh, get players upset or not upset doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Just given, like, there'll be a two-way player who, even though he's good, uh, you're a two-way player. You signed a two-way contract. You're not going to play a lot of minutes. And sometimes they'll get mad at you. And to me, I don't think that's accurate. A good example would be if you watch the Wolves, players like Keelan Martin, Nas Reed, you know, they waited for their chance. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin waited for his chance. And, and if you saw them when they were up with the big team, they weren't angry. They were celebrating. They were having a good time. And they were enjoying uh, what they had. And 2K doesn't take that into account enough, which is why we don't really put a lot of stock in that aspect of it. Uh, taking a look at injuries as we had a uh, – a few, wow. Okay, so Rui Hashimura actually has a torn left ACL. So he is, uh, he's going to be out for the year, it looks like at this point, uh, four to six months. A minimum, he'll probably be out for the season. It doesn't say season, uh, but if we're being honest, now it is uh, still December, so I guess anything's possible. Uh, maybe we'll get him back right before the playoffs, but man, we have had some uh, tough injury luck lately in some of our 2K Sims, and that definitely uh, makes it a little more difficult to get guys on the same page. Uh, in terms of um, you know your winning ways, I think that's what's been so impressive about what Denny did is because um, no matter what, he was able to uh, make it make it long term. Um, one thing I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due to um, Anthony Anthony Edwards. Uh, he actually won a championship without Towns, so Towns got hurt in the Western Conference Finals, missed the entire finals. And uh, Anthony Edwards and that squad was still able to win the championship. So, I mean, let's not let's not take away from some of these players what they've been able to do in these simulations. Um, just little things to watch for, of course. Uh, Lamelo Ball, um, you know, I was listening to um, some draft analysts recently, and they were talking about Lamelo Ball, and uh, they brought up a a specific game where his Australian team was it was coming down to the wire, and uh, he was in the game and played some of the worst defense you will ever see. And uh, he ended up getting pulled, like, basically at that moment. You know, the one thing that I will say about LaMelo is that he's a gamer, and he's he's not afraid to take that big shot, but he's also got to be solid on defense. I mean, even average would be okay, and, and at times he's just, I mean, really bad on the defensive end. So, I mean, seriously, take that into account when you when you watch his game. You can't watch highlights. That's the problem, too. If you go on YouTube, type in LaMelo Ball, there's millions of highlights dating back to when he was uh, younger, you know, in high school when he's playing for Chino Hills. Obviously, there's stuff when he's playing with Spire. There's lots of highlights. Highlights do not tell the story about LaMelo Ball because what people have done with highlights is they have basically set it up to, to tell the story that you, they want you to hear or they want you to see. So keep that in mind. He's not a good defender by any means. But he has size. Now, part of the issue you run into with LaMelo Ball is he's, he's just not strong. I mean, he really is not strong. Uh, do I think he can get to that point? Yeah, look at Lonzo. Lonzo's a fairly strong player at this stage. And so I do think he can get there. I mean, keep in mind, he's just a kid. Um, you know, it's not like he's a 25-year-old and you're thinking to yourself, what were you doing the last four years? Why weren't you in the weight room? So uh, to me, I'm not that worried about that. I think if you see LaMelo as a fit for your team and just given – how amazing his passing is and uh, his ability, he, again, just to be the guy that's not afraid to take that shot, not, not afraid to, you know, take that dribble. I just think there's some intangibles there with him 
that uh, set him apart in some facets. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was listening to a, a draft show recently, and they said that LaMelo was one of the best passers they've ever seen, like ever. Um, I kept waiting for them to throw out Ricky Rubio's name just because uh, as far as the pro game and just as far as uh, players I've really gotten to watch, I don't know that anyone comes close to Rubio. Uh, could LaMelo Ball come close to Rubio? I mean, maybe. I mean, he's a really, really good passer. Um, he's so creative um, in that aspect of his game. So there's lots of stuff to watch for there. Uh, it's very intriguing, to say the least. We are, by the way, 33-17 and 17 now as we are about to, We're pretty close to the trade deadline and the uh, contract extension uh, deadline. So uh, definitely a good time to take a look at the squad and see who's doing uh, a what for the Timberwolves. Kind of get a feel for um, what players we want to keep. Uh, and things like that. All right, now Rui is still listed as out two to four months. I don't think we're getting him back anytime soon. So let's uh, maybe take a look at what our depth is looking like as far as the power forward position is concerned. Uh, Lamelo's uh, playing strong. He's already up to a 90 overall, which is cool to see. Right now we're playing our other center, that uh, Caprivica. We're playing him at that power forward spot. He's all the way up to an 86 overall, so that's pretty good there. I mean, I'm not all that worried. We also have good depth at, with that Nate Biddle, who's up to an 80. And then we still have Davis Bertans. So it's not like we're sitting here uh, in any sort of a, you know, any sort of a mess when maybe we're missing a Rui Hashimura. So I think we're good there. Uh, and then the only thing to do would be to check and see contract extensions, which uh, Josh Okogi will resign, which isn't always the case. Sometimes he gets a little picky for whatever reason. And boom, so he's resigned. It's the only guy that actually qualifies. And then we jump ahead to the end of the season. Let's take a look here. Uh, so we are in the second half of the year. I'm kind of curious who ends up making the All-Star game. So uh, does do we have a, a showing maybe from our guy LaMelo Ball? I think that's one thing we could watch for. Uh, it could be interesting there. So as we hit the All-Star break, we are 38-18. and 18. So let's take a look and see if we can take a look at the uh, actual All-Star game itself. All right, so looking at uh, Team Giannis, and it looks like, do we have anyone that makes it? Uh, wow, uh, Jalen Johnson makes it. Uh, he's not with us. We normally actually try to bring him into the, uh, our team. We didn't get him this time, but Jalen Johnson uh, did end up making it. Very, very solid prospect. Let's take a look at Team Steph. Uh, let's see, Carl Towns makes it, which is cool to see. Uh, Chet Holmgren makes it. Obviously, that's pretty cool as well. Uh, not with us, unfortunately, but still cool to see uh, a Minnesota guy. And it looks like, boom, LaMelo Ball does make the All-Star game. Very cool there. This is the uh, 2025 season. So uh, very cool to see there. So at this point, 2025, he's been an All-Star. He's been a Finals MVP. I mean, tough to dislike what you've gotten out of LaMelo Ball so far. And we are sitting here at the uh, beginning of February as the uh, start of the second half of the season begins. And hopefully we can uh, make a nice little run here. We are already at 40 wins, so obviously a pretty good start so far to the second half of the season. Going through this portion of the simulation, uh, kind of an interesting question gets posed on ESPN, and um, I think this is pretty fascinating. Had LeBron James closed the gap on Giannis and Tedekumpo in the NBA's MVP race? Uh, they talk about how he had his biggest uh, game uh, or best weekend of the this season. He put up 37 points, eight boards, and eight assists in a win over the Bucks and reigning MVP Giannis. And then just like that, after the next game, 28 points, eight rebounds, nine assists in a win over the Clippers. I mean, I think he was uh, ready to really start that MVP campaign. Unfortunately, the problem you're into is that probably too little too late for some people. And they talk about this. 
In a survey of 70 media members who cover the league, Antetokounmpo was the clear leader in MVP balloting, earning 60 of the 70 possible first place votes to open a commanding lead over James, who had an equally commanding lead over the rest of the field. So it sounds like it would have been uh, Giannis's race pretty much running away, which is really unfortunate because I've said this before. I do think Giannis has a better team. Now, Giannis doesn't have an Anthony Davis. That's fair. I get that. But he does have a Chris Middleton. He does have, I just think, a deeper, uh, better, better team. And uh, the head-to-head matchup where James just absolutely dominates and they get the win, things like that make a difference to me. So I think the race is probably closer than the media members make it out to be. Um, so I find it very fascinating. Uh, they say to make the bowing process realistic, ESPN sought to mimic the league's office, sorry, the league's official voting process as closely as possible. Our MVP voting panel includes a mixture of local beat writers from across the league, as well as national and international reporters, just as the NBA does at the conclusion of the regular season. So I, I find that very interesting, and uh, it's just kind of a, another thing to to think about uh, during this suspension is uh, the kind of impact it has. But at this point, it looks like it's going to be Giannis's award running away if they do the awards. We're not even sure they're going to at this point. Adam Silver hasn't really uh, said one way or the other because you don't know what's going to happen with the season. And again, it's like everything else. We just don't know what's going to happen with this virus. Um, jumping ahead, so we just finished the season. 54-28 and 28 is your record. Uh, Saproda's MVP is Giannis. Roberto Gonzalez is the Rookie of the Year. Dennis Schroeder is your sixth man. Uh, fake player Flash Gordon is Defensive Player of the Year. So what ended up happening in this simulation is I accidentally clicked on the wrong draft class, and they won't let you undo that. So I got some some guys created uh, 2024 draft class. Uh, and it's weird because it's got a ton of not only changes but a ton of downloads. But they had a guy that was 99 overall. So obviously I changed that as much as I could. I tried to make him a little more realistic. Uh, but despite that, he absolutely dominated. So I tried my best. Uh, and apparently failed to make him realistic enough. Uh, most improved is Amari Bailey. Although I say that, by the way, about this Flash Gordon character, he didn't even win Rookie of the Year. So obviously I did a pretty good job of making him a little more realistic. And then Coach of the Year is Lloyd Pierce, but only by a game. Uh, so they in the East, they beat us by one game. Uh, let's take a look at All-NBA teams. And Towns is All-NBA third team. Uh, very cool there. And, oh, LaMelo Ball was All-NBA third team as well. I missed that at first. So uh, very cool. Let's take a look at injuries as the playoffs are set to start. Do we have anybody that's out? Wow, so Rui actually comes back. Uh, very cool there. So we are pretty, we are fully intact. Uh, let's take a look here at uh, round number one. We are taking on the seven-seed Grizzlies. We are the uh, two-seed. Uh, the Pelicans ended up being the number one seed overall in the West. Uh, we're down two games to one. This is, this is not good. We're down three games to one. Wow, and we get eliminated four games to one. Uh, that seems pretty unrealistic, if you ask me. Let's take a look at what happened here. So who's on the Grizzlies? Grizzlies have John Morant, um, Brandon Clark. So it's basically their team. They've added in a few uh, pieces. You know, they've got Cam Reddish, Scotty Barnes. But for the most part, just their standard team. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call BS here. That uh, doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, we have a much better squad than they do. Um, but it is what it is, and uh, unfortunately, we do get eliminated. Well, they might have a chance to win the second round as well, but they are—they get eliminated. So, you're telling me they're gonna, as a seven seed and a much worse team than us, they're gonna—they're gonna win the series and then just—and then nothing after that. Hey, although the team they ended up beating actually uh, ended up winning the NBA championship, which is the Dallas Mavericks. But uh, 
I'm not. Wow, Luka Doncic is, is a 99 overall. Holy crap, I did not know that. Um, very frustrating, though. I We have a much better team than Memphis. I. It's one of those things where every so often it just happens. Uh, for anyone that remembers the playoff series, uh, you know, a number of years ago, it was the was it the Warriors beat the Dallas Mavericks in the first round? I mean, upsets happen. So there it is. Uh, unfortunately, had a bit of an upset. Much better. Actually, not even a bit of an upset. A very large upset because we were fully intact finally. The only reason we were even the second seed is because we had injury issues. So uh, really unfortunate there. Uh, but it is what it is as we jump into the offseason. And we'll, uh, we'll kind of go through this a little bit. Um, let's take a look and see where we're sitting as far as the draft lottery is concerned. Uh, no, no, no picks in the lottery, which isn't surprising. Uh, we haven't really made a lot of trades. Um, we made a couple trades, but it was we ended up getting a. Uh, so we traded with Oklahoma City at the time. It seemed like it might be a good pick, but they ended up drafting uh, pretty late. So we're gonna get their pick, but it'll be 27. So we'll have picks 27 and 28 in the draft. So we'll come through the offseason. We will take a look at uh, what we can do there and then come back at you at the start of the season. Uh, take a look at the rosters and go from there. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute Channel, and we are the Howl. All right, here we are at the back to the start of the 2025 uh, season, so the 25-26 year. Uh, taking a look at the team, we have LaMelo Ball still, Andre Chambers, and uh, Michael Mulder. Shooting guards, we have Derek Whitehead, MJ Rice, and then two-way player, or sorry, uh, international prospect, actually, Marcel Sonet, uh, a player we've used in other simulations. You then have uh, small forward Josh Akogi, Jabri Abdul-Rahim, Mitch Johnson, and Donnell Holland. Power forwards are Nate Biddle, Rui Hashimura, although Rui uh, actually, uh, unfortunately, we've really had an issue because of the severe injuries. He's just not that good anymore. Um, 81 overall at 27, uh, I would say he's pretty capped out. And uh, that's unfortunate. We tried to trade him, and basically we weren't even able to. I mean, we could have traded him for some really aging players that are also overpaid, uh, but not much there. Uh, we also have uh, Davis Bertans and Ron Nance. And then um, centers, we have Carl Towns, uh, Balsa, Kaprivica, and then uh, two-way players, Jimmy Robinson and Bo Bryan. So there you go. That is the roster as it is or as it stands right now. Um, jumping in here to the season as uh, hopefully we can get a good start off. we got a really talented team, but unfortunately, talent doesn't always matter, as uh, was shown in the playoffs. We were a much better team uh, top to bottom, and we lost in the first round uh, to a team that definitely was not uh, up to our standard. So uh, a little unfortunate there. A pretty slow start uh, off to the season as we were 5-5 five and five early on. Taking a look at the uh, injury report just to see, get an idea. Nope, we're just uh, not playing great, unfortunately. Hopefully Ryan and um, Rosas can get this team uh, back in order. Uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. I think we've got a, a pretty solid squad, but sitting right around 500 right now and not able to really uh, get over the hump, which is a little unfortunate. I mean, we were five and five. You win two games, then you lose two games. It's uh, very much a back and forth. Which I mean, granted, will that get you to the playoffs? I mean, yeah, it probably will. You know, you'll finish around you know somewhere in that 42 to 45 win range, but. That's not what we're looking for here. We're not looking to sneak in. I, I mean, part of the problem we run into is that we're vastly overpaying uh, Rui Hashimura. Uh, we got offered a trade, um, Kaprivica and uh, Hashimura, for Zach Levine and uh, someone named Brakefield. But uh, it's just not worth it. Kaprivica is so good, and I just don't, I don't think it makes sense. But let's take a look. Let's uh, negotiate on this deal. I'm curious... Um, Zach Levine, I mean, Zach Levine's, uh, you know, getting up there. He's 30. He's an 89 overall, which is good. And this uh, Jamin, see, Jamin Brakefield, 
23 years of age. Uh, he's a three slash four. I mean, it would make some sense, but I just think this balsa is just too incredibly good. And so I don't know that it makes a lot of sense for us. Uh, we'll exit without declining. And then uh, let's take a look and see what we can do here. Uh, let's take a look at the roster. I'm curious. So he would be, so Zach Levine would be our best shooting guard, although we've got youth guys that are a lot younger than him that are almost there. So, you know, in the end, it just it just isn't worth it. It's not, it's a trade, you know, it'd be nice to move on from Rui. In fact, let's take a look and see, are there any deals out there for Rui? Uh, at the start of the season, there really wasn't much there. Uh, and that's not shocking. I mean, he's been injured quite a bit. By the way, Carl Towns, you want to know why we're having problems now? Torn right calf muscle. He's going to be out four to six weeks. We have had injury problems, to say the least. Let's take a look and see what Rui could get us right now. So uh, if we jump into the trade finder, and then we'll we'll take a look and see if there's any new deals out there. We have uh, we can get P.J. Washington. Actually, two years, makes less money. He's a better player. Uh, we do have to give up a, a first-round pick, though, but it's a, it's a protected first-round pick, so that helps. We actually could also get uh, Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin is another player that uh, we were, would be able to get. Uh, he makes about the same amount of money, actually. I'm intrigued by that only because... He could get better, and obviously that's a better use of our money. Um, looking at the squad, I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to trade for Obi Toppin. Uh, Rui is gone. So Obi Toppin is actually three overall better. He's younger. Uh, overall, this makes I think this is a move that makes a lot of sense for us. Uh, I'm, now, I will add this. Now, we're still going to do – we are going to be doing uh, in the coming weeks. We'll do an Obi Toppin simulation. We'll talk more about his game. But he's a player – number one, he's, he's older. Obi Toppin is only one year – or sorry, one day younger than Jason Tatum. So let that sink in. And Jason Tatum's obviously, you know, a star in the league. Obi Toppin is is not even playing at the top level in college. And he's not even I mean he's not really even dominating. Although I, I would say at times he does, but he should be. I mean he's as one as one person put it, he's a grown man. So uh it's kind of goofy, if you ask me. And I'm not a big Obi Toppin fan. I will add though, I want to look in more into his game. Not a good defender, first of all. You know, he's probably going to go. I think someone could make the mistake of drafting him way too early. If someone in the lottery grabbed him, I think that's a mistake. Ultimately, I think he should go in that 20 to 30 range. And in that 20 to 30 range, I think you're getting pretty good value. But if you take him in the lottery, I have lots of question marks uh, with his game. And I just don't think that's uh, the direction you really want to go. Uh, but we'll see. Um, as we move on in this simulation, again, we're still hovering right around that 500 mark. We are 12 and 9. Just not able to really. Uh, you know, take that next step, unfortunately. Now, again, Towns is out. He's going to be out for some time. You know, he had a, a pretty serious injury. So even when he comes back, he'll probably struggle a bit to get back to his form. We do have a nice young center prospect. Thankfully, we held on to him. We have increased our uh, overall, I think, our roster's competitiveness because, you know, Rui being as injured as he was, he dropped his overall quite a bit. And he's just not the same player he used to be. Uh, on a little bit of a streak right now, we're up to 15 and 10, which is good to see as we're hitting Christmas time. I'm very. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm going to say I'm concerned with what we are seeing so far. Now we are on another losing streak. This is just not the team I was expecting. Uh, let's take a look at the injury report and see if anyone else has gone out now. Wow, we're missing a ton of players. We're missing. So Towns is still out. MJ Rice is out, and Lamelo Ball is out. He hyperextended his left shoulder, and actually it says he's just hurt. Um, so he is playing through it, but that's got to be tough. So uh, I think the injury bug has been a real big issue so far uh, in this season. Although, before Towns went out, we weren't exactly be we weren't exactly impressive. 
So let's not sit here and pretend the team was uh, you know, playing at a top level at any point so far during this season. Uh, we're sitting here at uh, beginning of January, and the team is 19-12. and 12. We'll take that. Uh, we're starting to trend in the right direction. Uh, losses are coming a lot less frequently than wins, which is good. We'll take that. We're a month away from the trade deadline, although as of right now, I don't know that it makes a lot of sense to make any trades. I think the big trade we wanted to do was trading Rui uh, to get a, a, a little bit better player, make better use of the money. I mean, the, both players are getting overpaid at this point. Might as well get the best player available. And, and we're trading a pick that's not even going to be that good. I mean, bottom line, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to make a run. So the, the pick we ended up trading isn't going to be worth much. Uh, so that's the other thing to keep in mind. And we've got enough assets where if we want picks, we can definitely get them. So that's not something we really need to worry about. 24 and 14, we are now 10 games over 500. So that's huge. We're, we're starting to definitely see an increase in terms of how competitive the team is being. And hopefully that continues. Uh, you know, at most we're looking at uh, here and there we're losing a couple games. But nothing too, uh, you know, not three or four or five game losing streaks. Uh, nothing that serious, which is good. We've started to improve, and that's good to see. As we get, uh, we're at the end of, right toward the end of January, we are sitting at 27 and 15, 100% chemistry, uh, which is pretty, pretty huge. We're on a four game win streak right now, which is exactly what you want to see. Uh, we do lose, of course, the second I mention that because that's how things usually work here. As we uh, are getting close to the trade deadline, uh, we are actually, uh, I just mentioned it, but now we are on a three-game losing streak. Um, let's take a look and see uh, what's happening here and see who's uh, who's having some troubles and what the injury report looks like. So injury report, uh, taking a look there, and we are, let's see, are we missing anybody? Uh, Nate Biddle, uh, he is uh, hurt. He has a pulled lower back muscle. We don't have a ton, I mean, we, we sorry, we have pretty good flexibility at that four or five position, so not the end of the world. Let's take a look and see how the coach, uh, Ryan Saunders, has this going. So it looks like it's uh, – all right, so uh, Andre Chambers. Wow. So at the moment – now, he was hurt, so they obviously changed things a little bit. Uh, there we go. So LaMelo Ball is actually starting. They actually had switched it up a little bit with LaMelo being hurt. Uh, that's been changed now. So LaMelo starting. MJ Rice is your two. Josh Okogie still playing strong uh, at your three. Uh, Obi Toppin is your four, and then Carl Towns is your five. Uh, Kaprivica is just dominating. He's a sixth man, apparently. Maybe he'll get sixth man of the year. You then have Andre Chambers, Whitehead, uh, let's see, backup point guard, or sorry, uh, third string point guard Mulder. And then you get to our 10th, our 11th players, and it takes you have to get all the way down to our 12th player before you get anyone that's below an 80. Very, very impressive roster. I'd be, I'd be surprised if anyone top to bottom had a team that's as deep as ours. Uh, let's take a look here at contract extensions. Uh, nobody's eligible, so there's nothing to really worry about there. It looks like um, nobody's eligible, and uh, yeah, that's it. So people pro maybe people would resign, but it's a moot point, uh, at least right now. And then uh, given how well we're playing at the moment, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to make any sort of trades. So let's take a look at how we stand in the league. So we are second in the West. We're 29-18. The Nuggets are winning at 31-15. Looking at the East, uh, 31 and 17. So we're right in there. We're, we're right in there in the top five in terms of the overall NBA, which is pretty good. I mean, you're definitely not going to complain about that. Although, I do think we have some room to improve. You know, things aren't exactly set in stone. So we'll see how the second half uh, kind of works out for this set of Timberwolves players. And uh, we'll come back at you at the end of this season and go from there. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and we are the Howl. All right, so we finished off the season. 
Let's take a look at the superlatives. By the way, we finished 51 and 31 and 93% chemistry. Amoni Bates is your MVP. I've definitely never seen that one before. You have uh, Rookie of the Year is Shakir O'Neal. Sixth Man of the Year is Nicholas Lyons, which is unfortunate. I was kind of hoping our center would make it. And then uh, Defensive Player of the Year is Giannis. Most Improved is Kai Soto. Coach of the Year is Mike D'Antoni. Uh, 53 wins, so just squeaked by uh, ahead of us. Let's take a look at all NBA teams. So NBA first team, second. Uh, no one makes it from our team, unfortunately. But that's all right. We've got a pretty uh, talented squad. Let's take a look at all defensive. Josh Okoge, all defensive teams. So we'll take that for sure. Uh, no one makes the all-rookie. We don't have anyone that would have played enough for that to make any sense. So we are the, let's see, we're the, wow, we're the four seed. That's crazy. Uh, we're taking on the five seed uh, Houston Rockets. Before we start up, let's take a look at that injury report and see if we're missing anyone important. Uh, all right, so Carl Towns is out for the season, and Andre Chambers is hurt. Carl Towns broke his right leg, so he's becoming a, a real issue uh, as far as being able to stay healthy in this simulation. So we're probably going to have to look to maybe see if we can move on from him. We have a better player waiting in the wings, and so it's probably just not going to make a lot of sense to hold on to him when we have someone that's actually better and a little more durable. All right, so we're taking on Houston, who's the 5C. We're up 2-0. We are up 3-0, going for the possible sweep. Nope, Houston looking to come back here. They win uh, two straight games. Uh, Wolves trying to lose a 3-1 lead, but no, they take it uh, four games to two. Uh, the one seed, by the way, almost lost to the eight seed Grizzlies, so that would have been almost two years in a row, the Memphis Grizzlies with a big upset. Credit John Morant, obviously a very talented prospect. Here we go, taking on the one seed Sacramento Kings in round number two. Uh, we are down 1-0, uh, tied 1-1, goes back to Minnesota. We take the lead 2-1, 3-1. And can we pull it off? Oh, we're going to lose, aren't we? Oh, we do pull it off in seven. Almost blew another 3-1 lead. We do move on, though. We're taking on the two-seed New Orleans Pelicans. Let's take a look and see who's performing well for the Wolves. Uh, Obi Toppin was absolutely dominating. Um, 13 points, 13 assists, and five boards for LaMelo Ball. Uh, you'll obviously take that. Let's take a look at some of the other games here. LaMelo almost with a triple-double in game one. Looks like, uh, yeah, pretty much every single game, LaMelo Ball is finding ways to really be uh, a complete player. He had a 25-point, 11-assist, 5-rebound game with two steals. He's getting the job done. He might be going for his second uh, finals MVP. That'd be pretty impressive. Let's see. we got to get there first. We're taking on, again, the two-seed Pelicans. We're up 1-0, tied 1-1, up 2-1, up 3-1, 4-1. Wow, dominating performance against the Pelicans. Taking a look at uh, what we have here is Towns back. Carl Towns is back. That should help out quite a bit. We're getting some very, very good productive play. Uh, just dominating, though, is LaMelo Ball. Uh, every facet of the game, he looks so good. And here we go, championship taking on the the one-seed Pacers. So here we go. Pacers, uh, we're up 1-0. We're up 2-0. We're up 3-0. Oh, 3-1. Are they going to come back? No, we take it. Championship. Let's see who it is. Just like I called it, LaMelo Ball is your finals MVP as the Wolves win it. 20 points per game. He had uh, 9.4 rebounds, 1.6 steals, and 3 rebounds per game. So his rebounds went down a little bit in that last game. But remember, Towns is back. When Towns was out, he was putting up some pretty monster uh, rebounding numbers. So just super impressive. And I think that's where we're going to end it for uh, this portion. And maybe we'll probably, we're going to have to come back, actually, because... This right here is probably the guy that's putting up the biggest fight against Denny Avdia. We thought it was Anthony Edwards. He, he was the second pack prospect we looked at. And then, uh, unfortunately, he just couldn't get that job done and get that four-peat, which would have kind of 
catapulted him into that next level. So we'll see, uh, probably get back to this next week. But for now, that's going to do it for this week's edition of The Howl. Remember, download the Dash Radio app. Tune in to all the great content here on the Nothing But Net channel as part of Dash Radio, especially during lockdown quarantine. There's no excuse. You're sitting at home. You're bored. You are craving basketball content, and we are here to bring it to you. The Howl, of course, can be found Wednesdays and Saturdays. Now, Wednesdays, we are found 2 to 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Nothing But Net channel, and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon Central Standard Time. But again, lots of great content on this station. All teams, all topics. Uh, We're adding draft coverage soon. Lots of things to look forward to. As I said, download that Dash Radio app. It's free and it's commercial free. That's going to do it for this week's edition of The Howl. Tune in, of course, to the many other pack prospects that we are going to bring to you in the coming weeks. And until next week, let me get a howl.